With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Gooch Live with Kerry Goulet as the Gooch featuring Paul Rose and that's me as Rosie. Gooch, you're in Australia again. How's everything? <laughs> well, it's really warm. Uh, today, uh, I, I left Adelaide yesterday at a pl- plus 30. Uh, sorry about the weather, Paul. Uh, can't do anything about it. Arrive in Melbourne and it's about plus 28. So it's it's been a great trip. Uh, really warm. Love to be at home, though. As you know, I love the the hockey and I know we're going to get talking about it and want to do a shout out to the hockey news. Thanks uh, so much for putting this on and, and presenting this, uh, the Gooch live and, you know, featuring Paul Rosen. And of course you're good friends uh, at Christian brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, uh, Christian hockey and, uh, and the hockey news without them, uh, we wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this show me in Toronto and you in Australia. And I, I just got to tell you before we get going, uh, you know, Steve, the grand Pooba and the, uh, uh, producer director, man, behind the scenes who does it all he did actually say that I won last week's rant Gooch so it's three wins for Rosie one win for the Gooch and one tie we'll see if you can make it uh, 3-2 today if I go up 4-1 buddy well I'm going to ask for a video replay on that of course but more importantly Stephen has a famous last name famous uh, our number six our number eight in Toronto and one of our good friends in our uh, the uh, ambassador for the Stop Concussion platform, yeah, yeah Ronnie Ellis. Ellis. So yeah. Stephen Ellis, Stephen Ellis, I'm going to ask. Uh, I know there's no relation, but I will ask Ronnie uh, to take a peek and and give us a review. Uh, listen, Paul, yep. lots going on. Of course, we're going to talk some hockey, but I do want to do a shout out to the Raptors, 15 in a row. And I know in our next segment we'll talk a little bit out of the hockey realm. I want to talk a little bit about that. A team that you know thought it was going to be gone. Uh, you know, all of a sudden it's a uh, Kawhi who, because they are playing unbelievable at 15 uh, straight wins. So shout out to the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors, all of them, a lot of injuries. Uh, they are, I think, the uh, they typify what a team is with uh, so many things going against them, with everybody saying they couldn't do it again, uh, saying that they beat Golden State last year because of the injuries to Golden State. And now look what they're doing with the injuries they have to be up 15 in a row and looking like they could win 16 soon. Hey, you know what? You, you mentioned uh, beating me on the Rosie's rant, but uh, I know that you're a huge Chicago Blackhawk fans, Bobby Hall and the boys uh, back in the day. And, you know, you always brag about the, the Stanley Cups they've won because, you know, I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan. We yep. haven't got to the, the promised land yet. But, uh, wow, beat down. Jets beat Hawks the other day, and uh, I was pretty proud. I was standing there with my, my Buffy shirt, believe it or not. I got a Toronto Maple Leaf. Buffy, uh, sorry, I want to pick Jets, but well, it could be Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. if, uh, if they move them. But uh, I was really proud of my Jets. I'll tell you what, they've been going through some transition, and certainly that's a big win, and is it a statement win? So uh, that I'm 1-0 for that. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. But you know what? The Hawks, they're in a, a kind of crazy situation, Gooch. Do, uh, do they become sellers and get rid of some of the, the, the boys that they have? Although it's pretty tough to get rid of a Keen and a, and a Keith and all the guys, uh, Taze, who have uh, uh, no movement contracts. And they got those big, big contracts, which, you know, it's, it's a catch-22. That's what people don't understand. Yes, they won three cups in a matter of seven years. But now they're in a situation, do they rebuild? Do they hold? Pat, do they sell? I'm not sure. They're only four points out of a playoff spot, but even if they make the playoffs, do they have what it takes to get to the next land? We'll talk soon about the trade deadline and what possibly could happen. Look at the two goalies they have in Leonard and uh, Crawford, both unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. What do they do with that? But we'll uh, we'll give you the Winnipeg Jet uh, win over them. I I actually do cheer for the Jets, uh, being a Canadian team, and I know that your mother is watching down on the Jets. And uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, let's uh, let's get into uh, hey, what, hey, what we're about, going next. How about Taves in a Winnipeg Jets uh, uniform? Okay, let's talk a little bit about injuries. Uh, been a big topic, obviously. Uh, the Flames. Mark Giordano goes down. Travis Hamanek goes down. Two very key parts for the Calgary Flames. Uh, that's going to change the dynamics, obviously, with trade deadline coming up. What are they going to do? And then the big one. Uh, they were talking about, you know, the the knee of our friend uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, you know, he had uh, uh, swollen and sore areas of the knee. And then, of course, he, he broke a bone in that left knee. So they, they were really concerned on whether or not this injury was related to that injury. They say it's not. And they said it may be a day. He may be playing. And now they've announced he's out two to three weeks. Yeah. Those three injuries out for the Winnipeg, uh, sorry, for the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames are going to be crucial for the playoff run. What do you think of those two uh, two situations? Yeah, well, Calgary—they're just starting to get their the their, their team back on track. Uh, I still think they have a lot more talent than than things are working out for them uh, on the scoreboard and and in the standings. And I think eventually they will turn the team around. And they they're a, a team that if they make the playoffs, that they, I think they're going to cause some trouble. The other hand, with the Edmonton Oilers, this is a problem. We've talked about this time and time again, Gooch, is when you put so much into one or two guys, and yes, Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL. Everybody knows it. They've got, you know, Crosby's still great, and there's still some great players in the league, but Connor McDavid is the best player in the, in the league, and unfortunately, I can speak on knee injuries, no, having, yeah. you know, had a few knee injuries in my day. You know, he tore that posterior cruciate last year. That's a huge, huge injury, and his game, so much of it is skating so for him to come back and have a little tweak which we thought was going to be one game now we find out today that it's two to three weeks and if they're in a situation Gooch where they can't really rest them because they rest them they won't be making the playoffs I'm not sure what what they do and what Bob Nicholson and 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 all the the brass in uh, in Edmonton do with something like this well, I'll tell you what, uh, let's off the injuries, you know, uh, the other night, Matthew Kachuk seems to do these highlight reel goals, just as we saw Connor McDavid do at the beginning of the season. Matthew Kachuk and this being able to put the puck between the legs and top shelf it 
uh, you know, people said, wow, what a sick goal. And it was sick, but I'll still give them the, the predator goal in overtime. That one is probably the, the goal of the year as far as I'm concerned. Not only the fact how he, you know, put the puck uh, through his legs and shot from outside the dots, um, uh, I, I think is just becoming a norm. All these incredible, you know, the lacrosse trick goal uh, has been very popular this year. That between the legs, down by the blue line, you know, the red line by the goal. These guys are getting that puck straight up. Uh, surprising goaltenders with the speed of that. Paul, is that is that the new thing? Obviously, the NHL is in a shift. You know, we've gone from the fighting era. We've gone from the heavy body crush, crushing, body checking. And now we're starting to see speed, skill, and I'm going to add score to that. Yeah, you know what? I'll speak on two, uh, on, on two parts of this, uh, Gooch, on number one as a fan. And as a fan, I love it. I love to see the young talent in this league. I love to see where this game is. You know, people always talking about the old school, you know, back in the day, Doug Harvey, get in the corner, hammer a guy, you know, Eddie Shore, <laughs> big time hockey. Whoa, 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 Doug, Doug Harvey and yeah, Eddie Shore. Well, How old are you, for God's sakes? I'm old enough to read the paper. Anyways, you know what? But what I'm saying is I love the new hockey. I love the speed. I love the talent. I love the way these guys are playing the game and the heart and soul they bring to it. Now I'm going to speak as a goalie. I hate this nonsense, man. If I was one of the goalies in here and Kachuk or one of these hot dogs came around and flipped the puck underneath me with a lacrosse play or some of this smart-ass bullshit, I'm telling you what I would do, Gooch, I would take my blocker and they would be going straight to the dentist to get a new set of teeth. <laughs> well, you know, I'd be one of those guys putting on uh, that type of move against you, buddy, so uh, I kind of disagree with that. I think it's exciting for the fans. You know, you as a goalie, uh, yeah, I, I get it, I understand it, but I got to I gotta tell you, what, uh, what an opportunity for the NHL to display the talent. What a gracious sport. There's no better sport than ice hockey. You got to remember, you, you know, we're traveling around at speeds of 25, 30 kilometers on blades of steel. You got to pass, shoot, think. Uh, you're inside this, you know, this wall of, of glass um, to be able to execute it at that speed and at that level. Uh, I, compliments to all the guys uh, doing that. Listen, let's talk a little bit uh, trade trade right now. Uh, things have changed automatically for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They went out and uh, got, got themselves Jason Sucker. I like this kid. I, good, good, solid player. Uh, and they gave up uh, Alex Kilchenyuk, I think. Yeah. And also, I don't know anything about this defenseman. You may, Callan uh, Addison. Uh, he's a, a huge prospect. Uh, and I think they gave up a couple of draft picks, too. So what, what do you think about that? The well, Wild, obviously, making a move in that, well, the, that division. And then, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, the thing that I just don't get, you know, when when uh, when when uh, Galchenia came up uh, with uh, with the, the Montreal Canadiens, I um, there was just something about this kid. I just uh, he was he looked to me like he was a Russian who could really you know uh, make an impact, and he was what the Canadians really needed. And then they had you know issues with him, winger, centerman. He he wasn't uh, getting along great with uh, with some of the other guys on the team. There was potential uh, heartache and trouble in the dressing room between him and PK Subban, and then uh, coaching. But I always thought this guy brought something 
something to the table that I loved. And and then they trade him to uh, Arizona uh, for Domi, and that seemed to be half decent at the very beginning. And then he finds his way in the doghouse in Arizona, and they trade him to Pittsburgh, and then it potentially looks like he's got some stuff in Pittsburgh, and now they trade him to Minnesota. You know, this could be one of those guys like uh, Yakupov, where before you know it, there's so much talent there, and he's with three, four teams, and he's going to go from the uh, penthouse to the outhouse. And before not, I bet you we're going to see uh, uh, him in the KHL. But I like the rest of the parts of this trade. Um, I, I think it's a trade that could help both teams. The, the thing that, that I don't get is... We're so close to the trade deadline. We're February 24th. We're not far away. And and I tend to think, Gooch, and you tell me if you think differently, but I potentially think this could be the worst, the most boring, the most useless trade deadline I've seen in years. Well, I know this isn't your rant, but uh, I was going to actually state, I believe it's going to be the busiest one. I just think when you look at uh, all the uh, conferences and, of course, the Central Pacific Metropolitan and the Atlantic Divisions, when you look at all the numbers and you play it out, it's really close. There's only a couple that are obviously excelling over top, but right at the bottom, you know, there's five or six teams that are right in that bubble. And that's really a good question. You know, is is the Sucre trade the one that kind of kickstarts it? Uh, you thinking that it's going to be kind of a, an awful trade deadline? And we all know when you look back on trades, some – it hasn't really worked for a lot of teams. And we'll get in that a little bit later uh, this this month. But let's think about, does this start the avalanche of trades, people getting nervous, they're right on that border. You know, the Leafs, obviously, I, I don't forget, I, I hold you to your prediction that Kapanen's going to go. Uh, you know, do they start looking now and get that extra player that may not be available when the 24th rolls around? So that would be really interesting. But, you know, there's going to be some other moves do, happening that don't really affect the trade deadline so for example we talked about buffy last week what about the darnell nurse you know he he ends up signing a two-year contract where you know i like this kid i think he's great on that back end uh and i just i'm kind of perplexed or, or confused of why only two years well, I, I think with him it was a smart movie. There's always risk, and I think if he would have gone to the six- or seven-year deal that the Oilers wanted, he was going to take less than what he thinks he's worth. So here's the perfect opportunity for a player to say, you know what, I'm going to take five year, uh, two years, I'm going to take a bridge deal, I'm going to take maybe a little less than I want, but I'm going to give you those two years, and I'm going to show you that you're going to have to pay big-time money after these two years, or I'm walking somewhere else. Now, there's huge risk in that because... Because if something happens to him in these two years, he's in serious trouble. But I think the pedigree of that nurse name, you know, his sister playing for the Canadian basketball team, shout out to the family. And uh, I think... I like the deal. I like when players take that risk. And you know what? I believe in myself. I'm going two years, and I'm going to show you that I want more money, and I'm not just going to take what you think I'm worth for seven. Uh, so I kind of like that deal. But it is a, it's a risky move. I, I think one thing that we're in the Toronto uh, region, and I think the one thing that the Leafs have an opportunity to do, and I know Gary Bettman and the Brass are listening to our show, and I hear they do listen to our show, Gooch. Did you did you know that uh, Bettman and the boys? Boys uh, back in New York City listen to Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen. 
Um, not well, they did because obviously, obviously, there's uh, some movement in the Olympic talk. So you uh, you've obviously rattled some uh, cages there. So a- a- anything's possible. But what I what I think the Leafs have an opportunity to do. If you remember when the Hawks won that cup, that uh, Patrick Kane got hurt. They uh, they put him on long term disability. Uh, he came back for the playoffs, opened up the cap for him. They ended up picking Antoine Vermette up from Eric. Arizona. Uh, that was a huge part of winning that cup. I think the Leafs have an opportunity here to do CC and Riley. Put them on long-term disability. I know the, the ramifications if they can do it, uh, but if they can, you put those two on, it opens up about $9 million on the cap. Pick up a couple of guys. They both come back first game of the playoffs and we could be talking Stanley Cup. You never know. It worked for the Hawks. It could work for the Leafs. <sighs> Well, I'll tell you what, euphoria already. Plan the parade. Uh, I live in Richmond Hill, so I'm going to be worried about traffic jams. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the trade deadline then or coming up. Obviously, where what, what, where everybody's laying. In the, so looking at the Central Division, we know we got the Blues, Avalanche, Stars, you know, battling in that that uh, for the division lead, um, and then on the other side, you got Pacific, you know, the Canucks, Oilers, and and uh, Vegas. Obviously, Canucks are, are shooting on all cylinders. They look like a, a real deal. So I, I don't think there's going to be much change there. Do they buy? Is that something that they do to add the pieces? And then once you go through those, you know, top six teams or three on each in the Central and Pacific, then you got to look at the Flames. We just talked about, you know, being hurt at the back end uh, with Giordano and uh, Hammernick. Uh, and then the Jets, we know that situation. But the Coyotes, there's a team that's going to, you know, maybe sneak their way in. Taylor Hall's now really fitting in there. Uh, you know, uh, Phil Kessel has not been the Phil Kessel of old. Can he turn it around? You know, without even making a trade, some guys just step up for this last, uh, you know, two months of the season. And then the Preds. Predators have been really one of those teams that are, uh, you know, just a big question mark. They just don't seem to be consistent every night. So those are kind of in the Central and Pacific Division. You know, the wild cards are Flames, Jets, Coyotes, and Predators. Your thoughts? Well, I think the uh, I think the Blues are are going to be the team to beat again. Uh, I love them. I love the way they're playing. Uh, whatever little glitches they have, I, I think they're still smart enough and have that experience with that Stanley Cup ring on their fingers. I like the Canadian teams in the sense of Vancouver and Edmonton. If uh, McDavid is not out for a long time and they can just tread water, that's all they have to do, Gooch, is tread water, let Mike Smith play like Mike Smith can play, tread water, get into the playoffs. I think they've got more than enough talent. And and if somehow, if the hockey gods are listening, I'm going to do a little prayer here, Gooch. Uh, Pretend that I'm sitting at the end of my bed and I'm going, dear hockey gods, can you please do something for me? Allow the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames to play in the first round of the playoffs because hockey god, if that happens, that will be something that will have the average hockey fan go crazy and the hockey fan that loves the game, that could be the series of the future. You, uh, you, okay, you, there's, I love your predictions. You just throw it out there. You know you're on tape, so yeah. you can always go back. 
Uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna check that. You, you know what? I can't agree with you more that the Flames uh, Oiler uh, clash or um, the the battle of of, Cal- of of Alberta is true. It's always been there. I just think it's starting to step up a little bit more. Of course, for all the shenanigans over the past couple of of months, uh, probably the last couple of weeks intensified. Hey, listen, shout out to you. Great interview uh, last week on the goaltending situation. Obviously, over the the Caden Price. What a classy uh, interview you had with our our good friend um, down stateside. What, what, what what's your take home from that one? I really liked the way he talked about the goaltenders of the future and the goaltenders of the past. Yeah, uh, you know what? Shout out to Chris Canale. He uh, he did a great job uh, talking to us about the different uh, the the nuances of goaltenders from years gone back to what they are now. Bigger, you know, a little stronger. You know, no longer do we go with that goaltender. You know, that five foot ten. Everybody's looking for that six foot five goalie, and uh, having the opportunity to uh, to bring up Caden Primo and tell us the little behind the scenes uh, stories of Caden. Uh, I. I love that, and I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, go to in the next little while. I'm really looking forward to getting a top line referee on to talk about the things that maybe the crowd doesn't know. They're not they're not in the in the know to hear the little things that happen. From you played, I played, so we know what happens during the whistles, the faceoffs, where the somebody on the bench maybe makes a comment and the referee hears it. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to things like that with the show. But hey, Gucci. Quickly uh, on the East, uh, who do you think is going to come out of the East right now? Uh, do you like Tampa Bay, or do you think maybe uh, Boston's going to do it, or Washington comes back and gives another opportunity to win a cup? Well, yeah, you know, obviously looking, yeah, of course, looking at the Metropolitan and the Atlantic, you know, uh, over in the Met, you've got the Caps, of course, the Pens, uh, the Islanders, they're all, you know, battling. I think. Uh, obviously, o- Ovechkin looking for his seventh under goal, you know, has kind of maybe been a little bit of distraction because they're certainly not playing at the, the level that they should be to make that run. And then on the Atlantic side, you got the Bruins. You know, they, they look solid. I think they'll make a, a small adjustment there. Tampa Bay's that team that uh, I, I would be scared of. Uh, you know, the Leafs are right in there too, but I would be scared of the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. And the reason I say that, Paul, is is that they, you know last year just ended disastrously for them, and I think that with a team that still hasn't shown all their skill and talent at this particular moment, as you said about the Edmonton Oilers hanging in there, I'm going to predict that Tampa Bay is going to turn it up a notch. I think they've saved some in the tank, which they didn't do last year, yeah. and I would not be surprised to see them take a serious, serious run at winning the Stanley Cup. And I'm not a big Tampa Bay fan. I, I love, you know, obviously Stamkos and the boys, but that's I think they're going to be there at the end. Perfect. I'm going to go off the wall and off the board, and most people think I'm off the wall. I'm going to say right now I like the New York Islanders. Uh, I just love Barry Trotz, and I love the way they play defensive hockey. Maybe not the greatest to watch, but I like them. But, hey, Gooch, uh, this is uh, fantastic. I love doing this. Episode 6, this is a Gooch Live with Kerry Goulet as the Gooch featuring Paul Rosen. That's me as Rosie, brought to you by the great people 
at the Hockey News and the incredible people at Christian Hockey. We're going to be back with some incredible stories. We're going to talk to Rosie's rant. I'm going to try to take you again. We're going to do the bottom line. And we got, we've got we got something. Please stay tuned because we've got a real special treat for uh, for everybody. Steve Ellis, the great producer-director, is going to show you something really cool. Stick around. Gooch Live. Hey, it's the Gooch Live with Kerry Goulet as the Gooch featuring Paul Rose. And that's me. I'm Rosie. Brought to you by the great people at the Hockey News and the incredible people at Christian Hockey. We're going all the way across the water to Melbourne, Australia, home of the Australian Open, to our good buddy, the Gooch, Kerry Goulet. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey Paul. Uh, love to be sitting right beside you, but uh, at plus 28, I think I'll stay here for a couple of more weeks. And as you know, I'm down here uh, doing some, not only some charity work, but also setting up the Ice Hockey Classic for 2020. Uh, we're uh, sitting with people just getting the uh, paperwork done for some to announce the city. So we're really excited about that. But uh, on the uh, the weekend, I had an opportunity to play in that Bushfire Appeal uh, charity game uh, at 60. The legs are starting to get a little tired. Uh, my good buddy from Calgary, uh, Randy Osborne, flew over. Uh, we were on the same line together. Wow. We had this kid named Joseph Reschik. He was unbelievable. Uh, I think he's about 30 years old, 35 years old. Uh, Randy, I think, is 55. I'm 60. That was our first line playing against uh, the we're the world. We were playing against their legends and uh, the Adelaide legends, and their whole team was under the age of 40. Wow. And so- you know, Paul, at our age, it's pretty difficult to chase around a 40-year-old, uh, let, let alone a 50-year-old. So. Um, it was an incredible sold-out event. Uh, we 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 really scared them. We gave the young kids a scare. First period, uh, we were up six-two. Yeah. Can you believe it? Six-two. Randy Randy scored a minute into the game. I scored a couple minutes later. Scored again. We're up three-nothing within four minutes, and it was shell shock. The unfortunate part was it wasn't running time. And we actually had to take breaks. So it meant we had to walk to our dressing room and walk back oh my once God. they cleaned the ice. And that's what tired us out. Oh, because I, I, we got smoked. I'm sure. Smoked in the third period. What was the final score? Uh, seven six in overtime. A beauty to win it. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we were on the, the losing side. Uh, we went to three on three hockey, which was really exciting. I got to get on to, uh, one of the shifts, and the puck was on my stick, Paul, just ready to shoot it. And uh, this young lady uh, stole the puck from me and went down and scored uh, a breakaway. I was actually plus four until that time, and we lost it. But I'll tell you what, everybody in that building won. Uh, I want to do a shout-out to Greg Audi and, and my good buddy Craig Campbell. What a phenomenal job. We've raised well over $20,000 with all the great work uh, that Greg and his team did. So a big shout-out to Australian, uh, not only the Australians, I was given a bunch of jerseys, um, you know, by the NHL, uh, by Frameworth. Uh, good people from Frameworth helped us out. So I'll tell you what, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. And it's not over. I'm actually this weekend going to watch a hockey game um, in uh here in Melbourne, uh, it is uh, going to be the Australian Mighty Roos. Do you know what that is? Mighty Roos. I do not know about the Mighty Roos, but it sounds like something to do with kangaroos. 
it, it is, and that's who we did the event for, Kangaroo Island, where they're decimated with, obviously, the fires. The, 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 the name for the national team are the Mighty Roos, and it's the Australian Mighty Roos. They're going to be taking on a team uh, from Victoria. They're the Victorian All-Stars. Uh, it's the 10th year anniversary for the O'Brien's Arena, one of the best, actually, the best facility in all of Australia. Uh, they are uh, putting on this great show, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'm really honored. I'm not playing in it because yep. they're way too young, but I'm going to be there, you know, selling the game and, and promoting, obviously, the great game of hockey. And I know that uh, that Stephen has a part of history there. He's yeah. He's got something to show. Well, he's he's been shuffling around here, uh, you know, in in the uh, in the background of the of the studios here. So I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, I think hold on, I think he's he's coming. He's coming one second. Hold on. Here, here you go. I think he raced over. Yeah, there you go. The Hockey Hall of Fame. So, Holy crap, Stephen! Where'd you, where'd you get that from? So this is a Team Australia inline jersey from the '90s. Uh, a guy my dad worked with, Nate Ross. He wore this jersey. So uh, a couple years ago, they gave it to me. Holy I, Jesus! I collect jerseys, so. Uh, this is uh, one of my favorites that I have. It's very 90s, as you can tell from the look. But, uh, yeah, it's a nice design. It is. Almost, almost look. almost looks a little tie-dyed. <laughs> hey, yeah, listen, what a great, uh, what a great, great piece of history. Uh, you know what, Stephen? I'm going to bring you back a real uh, uh, Australian ice hockey jersey by the Mighty Roos this weekend. I'll be asking them to see what they can give us. So I'll, I'll get you because I know you're a big collector of it. And then, Paul, while I'm here, I've got an opportunity to work with a good guy named uh, Logan Russell. Uh, Logan runs a, an ice hockey program here for beer ginners. Beer ginners, get it? Oh, yeah. So this means beer leaguers that are starting to learn how to play the game. So I'm actually going to be on the ice uh, next week at the Ice Zoo in Sydney where we're going to be putting these beer ginners through some some uh, training. Uh, obviously, the first thing is teach them how to stop, yep. which is important. Uh, and so I'm excited about that. And on the weekend, this weekend, uh, I'll also be on the ice with a bunch of young kids um, Jonathan Corford runs an organization uh, called AIS, and he's asked me and Randy to come on the ice and show our skill development from Canada, so I'm excited. And then the following week, I'll be in Auckland with a guy named Cam Green, uh, who runs Backyard Hockey, a tremendous, tremendous uh, league. Uh, so I'm excited about being on the ice, uh, showing the Canadian way uh, down under here, both in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, you know, uh, Gooch, uh, on, on behalf of everybody back here in Toronto, and you know what, everybody all over the world, uh, a shout-out to you, and, you know, everybody knows you as a Gooch, but to Kerry Goulet and to Tony Meal, you two have done so much for this great game of ice hockey, not hockey, but ice hockey, going all around the world, promoting uh, concussion research and concussion uh, awareness, but showing the game that this great game of ice hockey can be played in Nunavut. It can be played in Belarus. It can be played in Melbourne, Australia. It doesn't matter. If you have the heart and desire to put on skates and play this game, guys like Kerry Goulet and Tony Meal, they will travel around the world to get you into the opportunity to do something great. And it's not about playing at the elite level. It's just about playing. So Gooch and Tony, on behalf of everybody back here in North America, my hat, if I had one, would be tipped to you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you what, Paul, thank you. It's a, it's a compliment to, I'll take uh, to heart. But more importantly, you know, you and I, and I, I was blessed to play a game I loved. I, I got paid for it. Uh, I, the fans treated me like gold. They, they gave me my identity. Uh, hockey is my life, and I love it. And I just want to try to help preserve it a little bit, you know, obviously with the concussion, uh, concussion situation. But also really important that the game can grow, and it is growing. And down under here it's growing. And, and I just want to make sure that my legacy – not only in Germany, where I had a great opportunity to play to some fantastic teams and in front of incredible fans, but I have this opportunity to actually make a difference. And it's things like this that we have the opportunity to talk about, Paul. You know, you traveled the world, won gold medals for the country. I didn't quite get to that level. Uh, and so it, you don't need to win a gold medal. No disrespect. I don't mean in that way. But you don't need to win the Stanley Cup or be a top NHLer to get out there and continue continue to promote our great game. I know how much you love it, and you know how much I love it, and uh, we'll continue on doing that. You know, you were over here uh, a couple of years ago, you know, doing the whole para hockey. You're, you're a legend here, as you know it. You're a legend over in Germany, too, with all the, all the games that you played. So I think it's really important. The bottom line of this whole thing is we are growing the game around the world together, not just me. And yes, of course, the shout out to Tony is important because, you know, it's not really her journey. Uh, it's mine. And she's been so gracious to, to help out and do that. So thanks. Uh, thanks for that shout out. It, it, it really means a lot. Listen, I want to throw it off a little bit here. Yep. You know, we've talked a lot of hockey. Uh, we do that a lot. Uh, and, and we're looking at some uh, interesting shows We next week. Uh, I know we're going to be doing some fun stuff. I've actually got three questions coming from Australians about hockey back home, and uh, we're going to be doing some fun around that as we go forward. But I want to do something a little bit different. Yeah. You are a huge, huge baseball fan. I am. I and am. I, I, I like the game. Um, uh, obviously, not being from Toronto, I really I, I remember watching the two World Series uh, back overseas in Germany, um, you know, in the, in the days where you know, the TV reception wasn't that great, but at least got to see, you know, the Carter home run and, you know, the euphoria. I wasn't here on the streets, uh, but I can only say that baseball has a life, uh, not only in Toronto, but around the world, as you know now. Um, but they're making some changes, or I've heard that they're thinking of making some changes. I don't know what it really means, but uh, I was reading the Internet last night, and it popped up to say that they may be changing the playoff format. What's that all about? Well, it, it who knows whether it's going to come to play. There's a lot of players that have uh, ch chimed in that they don't like it. But, uh, you know, Rob Manford, the, uh, the commissioner of baseball, is talking about for in the next couple of years bringing the amount of teams that make the playoffs from five in each division to seven, having the first place team you know there's a lot of controversy in baseball right now with you the uh, uh houston astros and and having being stripped of so many different things not of the world series but having so many players and uh um, management uh being uh, uh disciplined for this but going to seven teams having the number one team get a bye and then having the next teams be able to pick their opponent i'm not sure whether i like it you know We've come a long way from when it was just the two teams that won their division going right to the World Series. Um, I, I like the fact where we are right now, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, it, at least I think they're trying to 
make the fans enjoy this game. So we'll uh, uh, there, there's there's so much old boys network in the game of baseball that I, I I hope they're trying to do a few new things. And if this is what they do, we'll we'll just figure it out and and uh, and like it. And as Toronto Blue Jays uh, fans uh, go, it it gives them one more opportunity to sneak into a wild card position. Well, let's let's think about that for a second. Uh, also, while I was reading about you know the possible change of the playoffs, uh, I noticed that there was a big trade. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, uh, I know the name uh, David Price. So obviously through the the Toronto Blue Jays run, uh, he, you know playing for the Boston Red Sox and Mookie Betts. I love that. Yeah. I love that name, Mookie Betts. Um, you know those two were traded out of Boston to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have had this second all the time they just can't get over the hump and they're believing that you know getting a guy like Betts and obviously Price may get them over that um what does that mean for the Dodgers of course you know now they've got two legitimate superstars in their lineup but also it changes the dynamics from the Boston Red Sox and does something for the Blue Jays what are your thoughts on that well, first they did make the deal, and it looked like it was going to be nixed. Uh, uh, it ended up being some things here and there with the commissioner's office. It now is 100% true that uh, David Price and the contracts are being eaten a lot by the Boston Red Sox. I, I don't understand this one, but uh, David Price goes to the Dodgers, and more than that, Mookie Betts, who's the MVP of the league, uh, incredible player, right fielder, but a massive part of the Boston Red Sox championship team in 18. He goes to the, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. He has uh, got one year left on a deal, whether the Dodgers uh, re-up him during the year or they just want this one opportunity to win it. The other thing that I just heard happen is uh, Jock Peterson, who's a, uh, an incredible ball player, the uh, the left fielder for the uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers, he was traded. The trade was nixed. I haven't really heard why, and he's back on the Dodgers now. So we're not 100% sure because right now the Dodgers have a lot of uh, – players in the outfield and uh, we're not 100% sure where Betts is going to play you know the right field position for the Dodgers is uh, is taken up by a pretty damn good player right now um I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen, but I do know that this, if you're a Blue Jay fan, can only help the Jays because with the power and talent that the New York Yankees have, and you're going to play on them nine different times uh, at, at home, now the Boston Red Sox have lost a couple of guys. They haven't added anybody to their roster, but they've lost a powerhouse pitcher. They've lost possibly their best player, right fielder, and uh, juggernaut to the uh, to the lineup of power because this Mookie Betts cannot just throw and hit for average. He hits for power. He can do it all. If you're a Blue Jay fan, I say today, you say thank you. This gives us a chance to possibly sneak into that second wild card position. So I think it's a good day for ball if you're a, a Toronto Blue Jay fan. It's definitely a good uh, fan uh, time for, for ball if you're a Los Angeles Dodger fan because they, uh, they have to go for it this year. Otherwise, they're in serious trouble. Yeah. Now, your favorite team, I don't know that. So, your favorite team in baseball? 
My favorite team for many years was the Boston Red Sox, and like uh, my my oh, situation God. with the with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, I went for years and years and years without anything with the Red Sox and the Blackhawks. Was very fortunate to, as a fan, have the Hawks win uh, three Stanley Cups from 2010 to 17. Red Sox, obviously, going back to win that one in 2004, where they were down three games to nothing and win four straight against the Yankees. Uh, you know, for me. That was a massive, massive uh, part of being a fan and then dominate over the next number of years. But I do think that it is time for the Red Sox to step back, rebuild, and it's going to be a while uh, to see the Red Sox win another World Series. But Gooch, um, you know, let's... You know what... Sorry, buddy, you went in, uh, in and out there. If uh, you don't mind me saying, Steve uh, showed us this incredible jersey. I got something. Pulling it out of the hat. Look at this. This is the jersey that we do uh, almost like the Bernsey troops. You know, it's for the military here uh, at the game in Adelaide. We had uh, Chris Parks, who's part of the ADF. Uh, they've been a big part and big supporter of our ice hockey classic. So take a little peek there of the, the logo the Ice Hockey Classic, and this jersey uh, was presented to Chris Parks. He's just a, an incredible guy, uh, and we're really excited about having him a part of it, and we want to do a shout-out to all the military. They're down here, obviously, working the fires. I'll give you a little bit of an update. The fires, he, he flies around, and he showed us all the pictures, live pictures. He had it on a video showing us, you know, what it looks like uh, being, you know, 30,000 feet up, mapping uh, all these fires. Uh, incredible. Chris, thank you for what you're doing. But also the military's on the ground helping, uh, trying, you know, to take care of the situation. So they've had a lot of rain. Paul, you got you to gotta sometimes uh, watch out what you ask for because this rain has become over overwhelming and we're having huge flooding in sydney and now in queensland so my gosh uh the australians i feel for you you're going through fire we get the rain to put the fires out now they're flooding you so wow that's crazy hey listen let's go to the the final two parts of the 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 show uh, i always like this part uh because it gets an opportunity to allow our viewers to kind of weigh on uh you know this carrie goulet versus Paul Rosen, Gooch and Rosie. So my bottom line this week, I think you're going to just side with me that the outdoor classics, the stadium games have been so successful. Obviously, the one down uh, in Texas this year was really exciting. Uh, but the one that's coming up that I'm really looking forward to because I've actually been there at a training camp when I was there for, with the University of Winnipeg, uh, the stadium series is moving to Air Force Academy. The Kings and the Avalanche are going to play down in Colorado coming this Saturday. And I saw some of the snow that's falling there. Uh, it's going to be epic and uh, really exciting to see the series continue or these outdoor classics and, and stadium series continuing. Is it still the future? Is this a trend that's going to continue on giving? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be uh, with you on this. I love the stadium series. I love what they do. You know, Fenway Park, maybe going to be in Yankee Stadium one day. It's it just an incredible opportunity for maybe a fan that couldn't go to a game 
because uh, there's only 18,000 or 20,000 to go to a, a stadium series where, you know, obviously the biggest one was in the big house in Michigan where they had over 100,000 people. That's beyond, beyond. But I think there could be an avalanche this weekend. Uh, no pun, haha, intended. The uh, the Colorado avalanche, I think they're going to absolutely destroy the uh, the Los Angeles Kings. The Kings are uh, are in a definite rebuild situation, and I love the Avalanche. They could be a team that could fly for the Stanley Cup. I would uh, love to get a chance to, uh, you know, it would be great if we could do the uh, Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen at one of these uh, outdoor series games. I've never been to one. I don't know if you have, but I'm a huge fan, Gooch. Well, that's a great plug, and, you know, we'll see if we can get that done. You know, uh, a shout-out to uh, our good friend in Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, is Ian Cole. Yeah. So you know what I'm going to do, Paul? I'm going to give him a shout after this weekend, let him get through that, and I'll see if we can bring Ian Cole on in the next couple of weeks to talk not only about the Outdoor Classic and the Super Series down there, but also where the Colorado Avalanche are today. Because don't forget, Ian is a two-time Stanley Cup winner with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's one of those defensemen where you sometimes don't really notice him. You don't really, that name doesn't uh, jump off the page. But I'll tell you what, uh, this kid's a, a legitimate 5-6 on Nights he could be in the four category as a defenseman, uh, just a hard-nosed guy, and uh, I love Ian Cole, so that'll be interesting. I'll yep. make a promise to you, uh, Paul, we'll get that, and you can ask him about how good is that defenseman McCarr. That guy's just unbelievable tearing it up. Uh, listen, uh, the bottom line for me is the fact that the NHL is truly committed uh, let's forget the Olympics for a second, but they are truly committed to highlight this great game in front of more and more fans every year and in different parts of, of the countries. You know, they're not just doing the typical outdoor game that you and I would think is a natural uh, Winnipeg. The first one back in Edmonton, I think it was minus 39, yep. but they're taking it to places where, you know, ice just doesn't normally get to, to be set. And of course at the Air Force Academy, uh, uh, facility, it's just going to be absolutely dramatic. So, right. bottom line, thank you, NHL, for putting on great shows uh, throughout uh, the years on the Outdoor Classic and, of course, the Stadium Series. Absolutely, and just uh, one last thing on Ian Cole. You know what? He might be the type of guy that you don't see on the scoreboard. You don't even recognize him in the uh, in the program, but I will tell you right now, uh, being a goaltender, loving a guy like Ian Cole, that if you do not have an Ian Cole on your team, you will not win the Stanley Cup because he does little things, as like you said, maybe a four, five, or six, but he does little things that a number one or two will not do, and you win the Stanley Cup and you look back in the room and you go, hey, thanks, brother, because guys like Ian Cole may not win Norris trophies, but they win Stanley Cups, and it, uh, it'll be an honor to have them on. Hey, Gooch, you know what? It's time. It's time for Rosie's Rant. We gotta get some music. Rosie's Rant, Rosie's Rant, something like that. Yeah, something we'll, maybe we'll get a band. If you're in a band out there and you wanna write a Rosie's Rant jingle, you know, it's time. Rosie's Rant. Yeah, it's gotta be like a rap. It's gotta be a rap, a rap 
Yeah, yeah, Rosie's rant, Rosie's rant. Anyways, it's time for Rosie's rant. Right now, it's after five segments, three wins for Rosie, one win for the Gooch, one tie. We're going to go right into it, uh, Gooch. So my rant today is on backup goalies. You know, as a number one, I was very blessed to be the number one for many, many years with Team Canada. But you need a backup goalie that is it's so important for the backup goalie to know your role. Like Steve Logic, I love Stevie Logic. He taught me a long time ago. He said a thing that I loved. A crusher that wants to be a rusher will soon find his way to be an usher. That means, ladies and gentlemen, know your role. Backup goalies, know your role. Work hard. Be on the bench. Uh, cheer for your team. Be in the dressing room as a good guy. Get on the ice and take those shots in practice that your number one goalie doesn't have to do. But know your role. Don't think you're better than you are. You will be a cancer in the dressing room and it will destroy. A good backup goalie will help a team win a Stanley Cup. A bad backup goalie will destroy a team from inside out. So all you backup goalies out there that have that urge you want to be a number one know your role i'm done that's it that's it holy jesus you know it says rosie's rant right yeah my goodness well you know rosie i I, again uh we both have played uh played the game and we love the game we we, we're not i'm not a technical guy i don't know you know uh the goalie stance butterflies all the different techniques i just know how to put the puck uh past them uh what's what i believe is when you're talking about goaltenders and backup goaltenders teams are are handcuffed in this day of the cap so sometimes you have to take some situations and take what's there and you're not specifically able to take that goaltender who you ideally want because of the cap situation and i think you see that you know in in the leaf situation you know with anderson being as good as he is and hutchison great goal i love the kid you know i just he just hasn't got on track and i don't think if you ask right now would Hutchinson be the backup goaltender for the Toronto? Is he the best backup goaltender for the situation that they have right now? I, I, I guarantee you everybody would say no. But the problem is, is that with the cap, you can't be spending big money on your first and big money on your second because you need that money to fill in, you know, that defenseman at five, six spot or that second line, third line player. You're going to need that extra money to take care of that. And this is becoming a league of the haves and the have nots. And the haves are the ones that are able to manipulate the cap, work the cap well, and do get a good legitimate, like in Boston, a good backup or at least even a one-two that are really close. But that's far, far between in the NHL just solely because of the cap. So I don't think your little rant about, you know, be a best backup goaltender. Listen, if I was a backup goaltender, I'd want to be the first goaltender. So I would have never been a backup goaltender because I would work my ass off to be the first 
just like you were with Team Canada. So as far as rank goes, I know I'm going to win this one because you have no rebuttal on the cap situation, and that's what's handcuffing these teams no. of being able to do what you want them to do. Okay, well, thanks for that, Gooch, but here you go because always Rosie's rant is Rosie's rule, so Rosie gets a rebut on that one. And the problem with this is not on the cap. This problem is this is on the general manager. You have to be smart enough to know that your backup goalie like Curtis McElwain in Toronto, he's your guy. He's critical. So those last few spots on your team, what's more important? Your 11th forward or your backup goalie who's going to win those critical games? That's what has to happen. Because of that, my friend, you are going to lose again. I am very positive it's going to be four wins for Rosie. We'll talk about that next week. But Gooch, fantastic hey, show hang again. Hang on one sec. Well, hang on. I'm okay. going to take, I, I want to uh, jump in on okay, there. Okay, you got it. Very, 30 I'm, seconds, baby. 30 don't, seconds. Don't forget I'm jet lagged. I'm coming back. When I get back to Toronto, I'm going to whip your story about kid. No problem. I'm okay with that. But anyways, Gooch, episode six. I love it. You know, it's Gooch Live with Kerry Goulet as the Gooch featuring Paul Rosen. That's me. I'm Rosie. Brought to you by the great people at the Hockey News, the incredible people at Christian Hockey. We love doing this show. Let us know what's going on. If you like us, if you don't like us. But we'll be back again next week with Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen. We're out now.